Turn to Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians 3. We've been ministering for a few weeks now on the subject of being redeemed from the curse of the law. And we're getting pretty happy about it. Right? And it is something to be happy about. This being redeemed from the curse of the law. So let's read our text. We'll review a bit and then go on further tonight. Galatians chapter 3. The scripture tells us in verse 7. It says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. That's us. The faith bunch. Let people make fun of faith if they will. But it just shows their ignorance of the word. Because I mean every time you turn around in the scriptures talking about faith. We're of faith. And we're not ashamed of it at all. And verse 9 says. So then they which be of faith are blessed. They're what? Blessed. Blessed with faithful Abraham. Are you of faith? Then are you what else? Blessed with faithful Abraham. How many would agree that Abraham as he lived on the earth was a blessed man? Hmm? What did his blessing include? Family. Right? They got the desire of their heart. Protection. They were protected so many times. Right? Healed. They were healed and kept. Lived a long, full life, right, to a great age, and rich. Let's don't forget that, right? Was he rich? Oh, he was so rich that he and Lot couldn't dwell in the same counties. That's right, they had too much stuff, too many cows and goats and too many sheep and camels and donkeys. I mean, he had all these employees and he had all this stuff. And the Bible very specifically says that he had all that stuff because of the blessing of the Lord. Does the blessing include all these things? Now the blessing that's on us is not a different blessing from what was on him or a different kind in the New Testament. It's the same blessing that was on him. The blesser hasn't changed and the blessing hasn't changed. Everybody said out loud, Abraham's blessing. Is mine. Now uh, the Amplified says it like this. It said uh, those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God. Now verse 10 says all who depend on the law. I'm, this is Amplified. Are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction. Now you see part of the definitions of curse here. What's one of the definitions of curse? Doomed. Here he says, doomed to disappointment. Then it says, and destruction. What is being cursed? Doomed. Here it says, to disappointment. Always being disappointed is a curse. Because if you're blessed, 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 you're not going to be disappointed. He said, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed. And then the Amplified gives the definition of cursed. Accursed, devoted to destruction, and doomed to eternal punishment. 
So let me go over it again. Cursed means that one is damned or doomed or dedicated or assigned to destruction. And that's what we are not. Thank God. Now he goes on to say in verse uh, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Man, that's something to shout about all night long. Not in the process of doing it. Not one of these days is going to do it. Christ, the anointed one, has already, hath, redeemed, uh, both of those past tense, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, when did he do it? If it's already happened, when did he do that? Next phrase tells you. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. When did he do it? When he hung on the cross. He became a cursed in our place. And in doing so, it was not because he had ever done anything wrong. He did not deserve to be damned or doomed or punished. He did not commit any sin. Well, then why is he being cursed? In our place, in our stead, and in doing that, he bought us back from under the punishment for breaking God's law. He redeemed us from the curse. Glory to God. Verse 14, I mean, that's not all. I mean, it's not even a period there. That, that what? He was cursed in order that... The blessing of Abraham. That's the third time we've heard about this in the last four verses or so. About this blessing, this blessing, this blessing. (laughs) Then why do so many people, Christians now, talking about trying to get rid of curses? Hmm? If one of our biggest concerns would be trying to strip all the curses off of us and off of all our previous generations, then why don't we see half the New Testament about it? Why don't we see half of Galatians giving us instructions how to one by one peel off these layers of curses? You don't see that. What do you see? You're blessed. You're blessed. You're the seed of Abraham, and by faith you're blessed. The blessing of Abraham is yours. Blessed. Blessed. What about the curse? You've been redeemed from the curse. So that the blessing, the blessing, everybody say the blessing. Christians should quit talking about cursing. They should quit talking about any kind of curse. And start talking about the blessing. Get the curse out of your mouth, any kind of curse. Get it out of your mouth and off of your mind. What do you put in your mouth? Blessing. 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 You get up in the morning, what do you do? (laughs) You bless your God and... You bless your bed and you bless your house and you bless your birds out in your tree. Right? Blessed. Blessed. You don't curse any of it. Right? You don't damn any of it or doom any of it. Right? Something doesn't go right, all the more reason to bless it. You pinch your finger working on your car, you don't throw down your tools and cuss. That's being dumb. It is being really dumb and shallow. It is. Because, I mean, if you're having a difficulty, do you want it to get worse? 
Well, then a smart person is not going to curse and damn stuff. What are they going to do? They're going to bless it. You go, ah, you blessed car. You're a blessed lawnmower. Did you hear me? I said, you're blessed. You will work right for me as long as I need you. I said, you're blessed. Right? If it don't work right, you go, well, you blessed machine. Put your words on it. Right? This is not just, you know, something to laugh about. These are spiritual principles and they work. There's a reason why it's so popular to cuss. The enemy is trying to train all of our kids and youth to cuss. By trying to make it cool to damn stuff and curse. Why? It's not because just cussing's a bad thing, you know, morally. No, it's much more than that. It's spiritual principle. He wants you to be dooming and damning stuff all around you because it gives him an open door to mess it up and destroy it. But when you bless, it gives God an open door to sustain and keep. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And he did and we have and we are. Right? We are redeemed from the curse of the law and we are blessed with the blessing of Abraham and we have received the promise of the Spirit through faith. We're living in this. Right now, let's purpose to live in the fullness of it. Now, uh, go with me back to Deuteronomy 28. We left off last week examining exactly in detail what we've been redeemed from. Because it's one thing to holler, I'm redeemed from the curse. But if you don't have a clue what the curse of the law is, then you don't know what you've been redeemed from. And the enemy thrives off of darkness and ignorance. And if you don't know you've been redeemed from it, you might put up with it and yield to it in your ignorance. But we've been finding out we've been redeemed from some nasty stuff. (laughs) Like the botch and the itch and the scab and the emeralds. Aren't you glad? (laughs) You've been redeemed. We've been redeemed from all these things because they are specifically listed in the curse of the law. And it's very clear that according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So if we can find it in the curse of the law, that's good news. Right? means we don't ever have to have it. So let's go on tonight. We'll review a little bit, but let's go on. In Deuteronomy 28, we see verse 1, he said it'll come to pass that if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Now let's just stop right here. Before he starts reading all these good things, there is a two-letter word that he starts off with. I-F. If. Now let's summarize that. If what? 
Now, he said, if you keep his statutes, if you keep his commandments. Now, we know from the New Testament that all the law is fulfilled in the New Testament command to love one another as he loves us. And First John tells us that his commandments are not grievous and describes that we are to believe on him whom the Father sent and to love one another. Sums it all up. But you could just say it like this. Because every day there are details and things to do with. How do you fulfill the if here? How do you qualify to walk in the fullness of the blessing? If you do what he tells you to do. It's no more difficult than that. Now he talks to us through his word. And he talks to us by his spirit. Of course always in line with the written word. But every day we must heed what he tells us. Right? How many understand if the Lord directs you, do this, go here, do this, become a part of this, sow into this, help with this, and you don't do it, will you be as blessed anyway? No, No, you will not. What if he says, don't do this, do this, stop doing that, and start doing this? But you don't stop it, and you keep on, and ten years later, you're still doing the wrong thing. Are you going to be fully blessed? No, that's how you get into the curse, right? So how do we walk in what Christ has done for us in redeeming us from the curse and giving us the blessing? How do we stay qualified to continue to do that? Very simple. Do what he tells you to do. What did Mary say at the wedding feast? (laughs) Whatever he says to you, that's some of the best counsel you will ever receive in this life, right? And to see, the thing is, I don't know everything he told you to do. Your husband and wife don't know everything he told you to do. Your closest friend don't know everything he told you to do or not to do. But if you're smart, you'll heed what he tells you, right? You'll do what he says do. You'll stop what he says stop. And if you do, what's the next verse here says? If you'll hearken diligently. If you do what he tells you to do, verse 2, what does it say? All these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Now, that's a strong word. That's like me running up behind you and just grabbing you. Overtaking, what does that mean? What's going to run up behind you and grab you? Blessings. Blessings. (laughs) Overtaken with blessings. Listen to some of the strong words. Just a few verses later, verse 8, it says, The Lord shall command the blessing on you. Listen to what strong. These are not just little, yeah, a little blessing might light on you sometimes. No, no. Oh, Lord, please send us just a little shower. No, no. Overtaken with blessings, blessings commanded on you. Not just a little sprinkle. Overtaken with blessings. If, if, there it is again. If what? If you won't be stubborn and hard-headed, if you'll listen. Blessed shall you be in the city. Every time you see that blessed word, say it out loud with me. Verse 3, what? Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field and blessed will be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep and blessed will be your basket and your store and blessed you'll be when you come in and blessed when you go out. My, my, blessed. Have you been using that word? 
Have you been incorporated and into your thinking and your lifestyle? You need to say it more than just when we see you on Friday night. Right? Some of you must be saying it because I feel a little power. You know, when Phyllis says, how y'all doing? Y'all go, blessed. Somebody is beginning to believe this. And if you don't quit believing it, blessings will just overtake you. They will come and overtake you. Now, uh, he goes on to say, I mean, so many good things that we've already looked at. But down in verse uh, 14 and 15, he begins to say, if you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, if you won't listen to God, what will happen? All these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Sometimes people look at other people's lives and they go, I just don't understand that. I mean, they, they seem to me to be such good people and why they have so much curse in their life. You do not know people's heart. You do not know what the Lord told them. Did you hear me? And both you and I have sinned and come short. Right? Both you and I have not done what the Lord told us to do at times. Right? And every time it cost us. And sometimes we didn't even know what it cost us. Just good things that never happened. That doesn't make you feel good now does it? How can we prevent this? Obeying. Quickly. Wholeheartedly. And completely. Obeying. Lord directs you to do something. You do it. You don't mess around with it. You don't procrastinate for two years. You do it. Right? You do it. Now if you're not sure. Well I just don't know about the Lord talking to me. We spent months around here a while back. Talking about the spirit led life. All these resources are available. If you're not familiar with that. And I know a lot of people have not been taught. On being led by the Spirit. But it is one of the most important things you'll ever learn in your life. How to be led by the Spirit of God. And of course reading the Word. God's going to talk to you through the Word. Right? And you'll learn how to recognize the leadings of the Spirit through the Word. Because the same one who's talking to you through this book. Is the one who lives on the inside of you. Same well, you get familiar with this. And you recognize him on the inside of yourself. Now we begin to see that if you disobeyed God. All these curses would come on you, and also they would overtake you. Curses if you're hard-headed and don't listen. And he went on to talk about you'd be cursed in the city, and cursed in the field, cursed in your basket. But he begins to mention specific things in the area of physical problems. And we studied that last week. And uh, if you weren't here with us, we went into great detail when it says the Lord will make the pestilence cleave to you. We went into some detail about that phrase, the Lord does it. And we saw that what happens, with many other scriptures reveal this, the Lord passes judgment that allows the destroyer access. And this never pleases him. But we saw that included in the curse of the law, verse 21, was the pestilence. Plagues, one says uh, exterminating plagues. Consumption was tuberculosis and wasting disease and infectious disease. Verse 22, we saw the fever. We saw inflammation, cold and infections and ague. We saw extreme burning was erysipelas caused by streptococcus, strep throat we call it, the influenza, fiery heat, jaundice, paleness, 
Verse 27, we saw the botch of Egypt. No, thank you. Burning sores and Egyptian scab and boils and inflammatory disease and ulcers. We saw the emeralds included ulcers and tumors and swellings in the groin, sores, piles, and hemorrhoids. Thank God. We're redeemed from all these things. Scab included scurvy, eczema, malignant scab, and festering sores. The itch included incurable itch, skin eruptions, other sorts of skin diseases. And we talked about that we could see from these infections and inflammations and reactions and rashes. That would include a whole, all uh, allergic reactions, we call them today. Anything that would break you out or, because it said skin eruptions, any kind of skin eruption. And we saw the sore botch. And uh, let's see, that's where we got to. I want us to look now, you might say, well, now, Brother Keith, you didn't name mine. We didn't name mine. We're getting to yours right now. Right now. Somebody said, how you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> Verse 60 in Deuteronomy 28, it said, moreover, He will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt which you were afraid of and they will cleave to you. So, you know, if we were so inclined, we could do a study on everything that the Egyptians experienced. We know some of the plagues they experienced and uh, some of that included tumors and it included, you know, all the diseases that happened through their livestock and through flies and all kind of stuff. Well, we're redeemed from all of that. Thank God. That's a whole nother list. Now listen to this one in verse 59. Back up to 59. Because, boy, there's some good things here to see. The Lord, he said, will make your plagues. And, of course, we understand what that means. Wonderful. Of course, that's not, you know, good wonderful. That's just so bad you wonder at it. And the plagues of your seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. What's the good news about this? It's part of the curse of the law. What's good about that? According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has already redeemed us from all the curse of the law. Now listen to what other translations bring out about this. It says, extraordinary afflictions, unimaginable plagues, amazing plagues. It also went into severe and lingering illness. That's where it said of long continuance. Grievous sicknesses of long duration, the Amplified said. Uh, Smith said severe prolonged diseases. The NAB said sicknesses persistent and severe. Another translation said strange and lasting plagues, malignant and chronic diseases. One thing I want you to see very, it keeps repeating this thought, long duration, prolonged, persistent, chronic. What does that tell you? Something that keeps on dragging on. Because there are those that try to tell us, well, you know, yeah, you know, God's a healer and he'll heal you. But maybe not right now. Because the Lord is working something out in your life. Right? And in his own good time, 
in his own good way. It might be a year or it might be three or five. But you know, in his own good time, the Lord will heal you. Well, they're saying that a prolonged problem could be the will of God. That's what they're saying. But what does this say? Prolonged, chronic, persistent, long-lasting things are part of the curse of the law. Right? So how could it be the will of God? That'd be contrary to the word. How could it be the will of God that we have something year after year? Chronic, persistent, just won't go away. You think you got it and here it comes back. Right? You get a little better and here it comes back. Here it comes back. Here it comes back. Come on, don't just listen to me now. What did it say? Long lasting. What? Long continuance. Prolonged. What is it? Part of the, come on, say it out loud. Long lasting diseases. Prolonged problems. Chronic illnesses. Prolonged diseases. Lingering illnesses. According to Deuteronomy 28.59. Are part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me. From the curse of the law. So I'm redeemed. From prolonged problems. Chronic illnesses. Long-lasting disease. Amen. Now think about it and say it and think about it and say it and think about it and say it until that's all you believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now notice something else. We've been talking about this and referring to this a number of times. What else does verse 59 say? Wonderful plagues, and of course that means terribly bad. And plagues of your seed. Listen to Smith and Beck and Berkeley say, plagues on you and on your descendants. On you and on your offspring, the RSV says. Well, what does that mean? You hear a lot of talk about generational things. Well, this is generational. This is from one generation to the next generation. And a whole lot of this is just, I mean, you hear this almost every day. It's genetic. Well, it's just genetic. Well, okay, but who made the genes? Well, we're sorry. It's just in your genes. You have to have heart trouble. You have to have high blood pressure. You're prone to this. You're prone to cancer. You're prone because it's sorry. It just runs in your family. It's well, hey, hey, hey. We're in a new family, a new family. And this family, the blood of Jesus is thicker than any natural blood that ever flowed through a person's vein. Right? Could we grasp how easy it is for the creator of the heavens and the earth and all the planets in the universe to tweak your DNA? How hard 
could that be for him? Hmm? Now, of course, now stop right here. A lot of people have problems, and it's not because of not being redeemed or not knowing it. It's not just inherited genetics, it's inherited lifestyle. Huh? You know, you have to obey God in your daily walk, too. Now, you can get hung up. You don't get to preaching diet instead of the Word. You get off when you do that. But I'm not talking about preaching diet. I'm talking about you obeying the Lord when He tells you to cut down on that or to change this. Right? I had a fellow in healing school one time. He had several problems. And after being there for about a week, the Holy Ghost was talking to him about some things. He said, you know, he said, uh, I drink quite a bit of coffee. He said, I think maybe it's a hurting me. What do you think I ought to do? I said, well, how much you drink? He said, oh, at least 10, 12, 15 cups a day. Some say, well, I just don't think coffee is well. Forget what you think about coffee. Do not try to be anybody else's conscience. And do not try to preach diet. Everybody's system is different. Did you hear me? Some people tolerate some things. Other people's system does not tolerate it very well. But there is somebody who knows everything about you inside and out. And he knows what will work for you and what won't. And if he tells you to cut back, then what should you do? You ought to cut back. What if you don't? Well, you're going to have some problems. And you can confess and you can turn in a hundred prayer requests and you can counsel and you can talk and you can beg and it's not going to change till you do what he told you to do. Sometimes it's so simple. It is so simple. A minister was in the jungles of uh, South America having a meeting. And uh, he got so weak, of course, very, near the equator, very hot, very humid. And uh, he wasn't used to the heat, but he didn't know. He just kept getting weaker and weaker. And finally got to the place where he couldn't function during the day. He had to lay in the bed all day and conserve his strength to get up and go to the service and preach. And when he got through, he just exhausted and back to the bed. And this happened for a week or so. And he's praying and he's confessing and he's trying to stand. And he said he finally got quiet one night and the Lord said, add some salt to your food. He thought, well, I believe in healing. But add some salt. Well, see, he had depleted himself by all his profuse perspiration and everything. So he finally did. He just added a little salt. He said immediately he felt better. I know uh, myself. Some years ago, I had uh, voice chronic, there's that word, chronic voice problems. And it was just overuse. And during those times, sometimes I'm speaking 25, 26 times a week. And I'm just, and traveling and going and speaking and going and speaking and speaking and speaking. Young folks sometimes ain't too smart. <laughs> and uh, of course, because I'm speaking so much and I'd pray. I'd pray in tongues at the top of my voice for an hour, and then I'd preach and scream, you know, for an hour, and I'm giving it 100%, man, I'm full bore, but I just blasted my voice. 
And then because a day later or two days later, I'm doing it again. I'm not giving myself an opportunity to heal up. But that wasn't all there was to it. I prayed about this, and this went on for months. Sometimes we can be slow. Don't have to be. Shouldn't be. But we have been. And this had crossed my mind a number of times, but it was too simple for me. Wear a t-shirt when you sleep. Because I didn't. I didn't wear a t-shirt. And I liked sleeping under the fan. Sometimes with the window open. Sometimes with the fan cranked up real good. Because that's what I liked. And it crossed my mind a time or two, but I thought, ah, yeah, you know, put on a t-shirt, yeah. But finally, (laughs) I thought, well, you've done everything else. You've rebuked and bound everything else and claimed everything else. And so I did, and and it wasn't just the t-shirt, but I turned the fan off and put the t-shirt on. Well, I didn't really like that, but I did. I was better immediately. And I got over the hump. How many know what I'm talking about now? Daily being led by the Spirit of God yes. is a part of qualifying if you'll listen. Yes. Right? And then what he said, if you'll listen to me. Yes. Well, see, listening to the Word and then listening to the Spirit every day, he'll let you know. Little, sometimes it seems like a little thing, but it can be a big thing. Yes. Bigger than you think. So what about problems that are so-called genetic and generational? Are all of those included in the curse of the law? Do you have to have them? No, you do not. Even if God has to change something about your system or something that was passed down through your parents, he can do it very easily if you will believe. Right? But now if you're going to make excuses, the rest of you are like, well, you know, mama had this and her mama had it and. I, it just runs in our family. I guess it's just what we'll have. Well, you'll pass it to your kids. Did you hear me? When it could be stopped in a generation. And like a, some of it is learned behavior. The Moors are a hearty, fun-loving bunch. And a big extended, I mean, I think I've told you this before. We'd have reunions, and I mean Blowouts. And oh, the more women can cook. Whoo, brother. And those days, most all meals started with a big scoop of lard in a cast iron skillet. That was step one of almost every meal. And you might not have been surprised that a lot of the moors were real heavy folks. I mean, not just a little. I mean, heavy, big, big people. But enjoyed life and eating and my aunt, wonderful woman of God, preacher of the gospel. I mean, a good woman of God, but she was pretty good size. And I'll never forget. I mean, this stuck with me to this day. We're talking about why some things, you know, people don't get some things and have some problems that they shouldn't have. They had a hog killing. Anybody know what that is down here? A hog killing. So we had a hog killing. And so we got fresh meat. And so you got to boil up some of it, you know, and you got to cook some of it. Well, my aunt come in. And uh, she began to smell this fresh pork. And this fresh lard and this fresh everything. And she said, you know, 
Man, the doctors told me I got to lose some weight. I got to quit eating all this lard. My blood pressure's sky high. You know, but she got to smell it. She said, you know, I'm going to eat me a bait of this if it kills me. (laughs) And she did eat a big bait of it. And it wasn't that long after that. What? Good people love God. But how many understand? See, she wasn't just saying, I could tell by the tone of her voice. She's not just saying the doctor told me. She knew in her heart that this is hurting her. She needs to make some changes. Right? She knew that. But (laughs) I'm going to eat me a big bait of this if it kills me. Well, it could. Right? We make choices every day. And again, now let me be very clear on this. Do not get on your little soapbox and start preaching what everybody ought to eat and do. Do not do it. Somebody says, well, why not, Brother Keith? It's important. Well, for one thing, you don't know much about it. Well, yes, I do. I got three degrees. Like I said, I don't care if you got ten degrees. You don't know much about it. Now, some people know more about it than others, but even the people that think they know so much, they don't know much about it. You want me to prove it to you? The diet books that were so hot ten years ago. Where are they now? What about the ones before them? What about the ones right now in another five or ten years? So much of it, people are just guessing and they don't know, but there's somebody who knows. And because everybody's system is different, he knows about you and what's right for you. Be led by the Spirit. If you'll do it and obey and follow him, you'll live out the fullness of your days. You'll have the quality of life that you should have. Amen. And you'll be able to stand on this. Glory to God. And if something is genetic, you can stand on the word to get God to tweak it for you and adjust it for you. It can change. I've seen it. I have relatives, you know, that uh, have done this and stood and believed and actually their bodies changed. And uh, the doctors were just amazed and pleased about it. Well, can the Lord change your body? Can he change your insides and your glands and... Can he turn back the clock on things and restore and renew? Right? Somebody said, well, yeah, but I'm getting old. Have you ever heard about your youth being renewed like the eagles? Have, Have you heard of the one who gives us benefits, heals all our diseases? Right? Go back and read that 103rd Psalm. Sometime and get excited about it. Renewed. Well, I hadn't got to my new material yet. Yeah, I did. I got to verse 59, didn't I? Yeah. We got to one verse. And then we said, if you said, well, Brother Keith, you didn't call mine yet, we said, we're going to call yours right now. You didn't name mine specifically. Here it is. Verse 61. Are you there? Also, now we're reading the curse of the law. Every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then the Lord will bring on you till you'll be destroyed. What's part of the curse of the law? 
every sickness that is not mentioned by name, every plague that is not mentioned by name, listen to these translations, every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded, any kind of sickness or calamity not mentioned in this book, all the sicknesses and plagues of which this book makes no mention, they're part of the curse of the law. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said, well, they just named this one today. We got it. Right here. <laughs> it's covered right here. Right? <laughs> How many understand? Yes. Say it out loud. Every sickness. Yes. Every disease. Yes. Every problem. Yes. Named. named not, not named. Known about. Not, about. not yet discovered. Not is part. part of the curse of the law. The and according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Does that mean that you've been redeemed from every sickness and every disease and every problem, known or unknown, or will ever be discovered? And I say, oh boy, there's something new just came out and there ain't no cure for it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's called Jesus. Can you say amen? Okay, now let's let's go on into it. This is all in the same area, but a different category. Back up to verse uh, 28. Look at something else you've been redeemed from. 28, 28. Says the Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. These are for the rebellious who disobey God. It's the curse for not obeying God's word and law. It's part of the curse of the law we've been redeemed from. Listen to another translation. The Septuagint, highly respected Greek translation, and the Byington says insanity. Insanity. The good news says, lose your mind. Now, for astonishment of heart, two translations say, confusion of mind, bewilderment, distracted and crazed in the wits, Knox says. The living says, fear and panic. Byington says imbecility, becoming an imbecile. Do you see what we've been redeemed from? Oh my. This is mental health, right? Oh, friends, get this in your heart. I mean, get it strong because the enemy is trying to tell people all over the place, well, you know, X amount of people out of this number will get a Parkinson's, or they'll get this, or they'll get... What's some of the others? Alzheimer's. Or any number of things. Well, they're getting old, and they're just losing their memory, and, you know, their mind's not all there. And people expect it to happen when they get to a certain age. I'm telling you, that is deception and believe in lies of the devil. 
Moses was 120. One, two, zero. And God had to tell him it was time to die. So he climbed a mountain at 120 high altitude exercise at 120 and looked at the promised land from the summit without glasses or binoculars. And the Bible said his natural force was still in him. And one translation said he had not dried out. He retained, that's a lot of the problems in aging, is drying up and drying out. He retained his moisture, he retained his strength, he was still, had all his faculties at 120. So much about aging that people have come to accept is a lie of the enemy. It is a deception, it is a bill of goods that you do not have to sign for. Are you with me now? Yes, now when you're 95, you won't be like you were when you're 21. That's right. We know that. But you do not have to be dull in your mind. Right. You do not have to be incapacitated. No. You might not want to run a marathon, but you ought to be able to get around just fine. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes. And remember everything. Yes. Long term and short term. Yes. Now, the reason I'm getting a little animated is because people in this room have believed lies and said lies out of their mouth over themselves. Let's stop it tonight. Say it out loud. According to Deuteronomy 28, 28, that ought to be easy to remember. According to Deuteronomy 28, 28, insanity Losing my mind, becoming an imbecile, becoming crazed in the wits, confused and bewildered of mind is part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law by the grace of God. I will never lose my mind. I will never become crazy. I will always have a sound mind all my days to the glory of God. Now that's all you believe. That's all you believe. That's all. If you ever have any symptoms of any of these deficiencies... That's where battles are won or lost, right there. Something comes up and you don't remember something. Something comes up and you're not just aware like you should be. The enemy will come with thoughts. It's happening. It's happening. And that's when you got to jump on it with both feet. Did you hear me? Right then is when it begins to be lost or won. You got to say, oh, no, 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 no. I will never lose my mind. Never. Now, a lot of people, bless their heart, go, well, well, now you hope so, Brother Keith. But, you know, you just never know. Nobody wants it to happen to them. But it just, you know, these things happen. They don't happen to everybody. 
People are supposedly experts in these areas. They cannot tell you why it happens to one person and another. Did you hear me? It's so much concerning the mind is still just a complete mystery to our so-called experts. But not to our God. Right? And he never told you that at age such and such you could expect to begin to slip. He never told you to accept such a thing. He said we have the mind of Christ. What is that? That's the mind of the anointed one. That's the anointing on your mind. How can you get dumb and dull with the anointing of the Holy One on your mind? He said God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But of what? But of power and of love and of a sound that's Bible that's New Testament that's all you should believe all that's all that's all now some people bless their hearts they talk fear and they talk unbelief all their life and then it begins to come to pass and they act like they're so wise because they prophesied it I told you I told you it was happening and nobody listened to me Not realizing they're the ones that opened the door and invited it for the last 40 years. What I'm telling you now is sad. Because so many times people begin to get into this and they get to where you can't get through to them. And now they're the ones that set this in motion and they're not able to change it. Smart people start when they're 15. Did you hear me? And 22 and 23 and 25 and 40. And if you hadn't done it, you can't start any earlier. So get on it right now. What? No jokes about getting old and feeble. I mean, not a one. I hope you're listening tonight, friends. Your future depends on this. No jokes about getting old and losing your memory. None. None. Not even one. I guess I'm just getting old. Can't remember a thing. How often do people say stuff like that? I'm talking about Christians. And it's sad that so many people, they get to a certain age and they just get incapacitated. Somebody said out loud, that'll never happen to me. I'll never lose my mind. Then why should you be in any fear of it? Why should you spend any time fretting that somebody might put you in a home because you lose your mind? Why should you spend any time even thinking about it? I just can't stand the thought of, you know, me don't even know where I am and, and everybody's having to dress me and take care of me and I just don't know a thing. I just, oh, I hate to think about it. Well, quit thinking about it. Because your fears will come on you. Here's another time. Here it comes around again. Say it out loud. It'll never happen to me. I'll never lose my mind. I'll never become crazy. All the days of my life. I'll have a sound mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know I had the privilege of working with Brother 
Kenneth Hagin, my spiritual father in the faith. The Lord supernaturally led Phyllis and I to go see him days before he went home. Nobody knew he was going home that soon. But we just had a prompting to do it and thank God for airplanes. Because of airplanes, we could go and zip and visit and come back. If you'd had to drive and take a lot of time and do other things, you might not have done it. We zipped in. Phyllis bought him his last birthday meal. And he's 86, is that what it was? Sharp mind. Oh, man. Talking with him that night. He's making fun, laughing. But, oh, man. Begin to tell a story, you know. Yeah, I was having a meeting. Such and such California, 1947, the month of May. That date was on a Thursday, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sharp. My Aunt Leo at 103, 103, could name the complete lineage of the family. As far as records were kept, everybody's cousin and their second cousin, their third cousin. And you know, yeah, you know, Mary Sue married Bobby Lee. And then they had Jill and Bob and Jack. You know, Jack had four kids. And you know, that, <laughs> I may talk to you for half a day about it. And right. People doing the homework and putting it to paper would go and sit down to check it with us. Is that right, Aunt Leo? Let me see. No, no, that was Mildred and Jack's boy. (laughs) 103. So it does not happen to everybody. Right? And it doesn't have to happen to you. And what you believe makes all the difference. What you believe. One more time. One more time. Said out loud, according to Deuteronomy 28, 28. Insanity. Losing my mind. Confusion of mind. Bewilderment. Distraction. Being crazy. Fear. Panic. It's part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13... I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'll never lose my mind. As long as I live, I'll have a sound mind to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now let's go on. There's some things that are associated with this that you need to see also. Verse 65. I'm enjoying this. How about you? It's one thing to just holler I've been redeemed. But when you get in here and just feed on it, meditate on it, man, it really begins to come alive to you. Deuteronomy 28, 65. This is also part of the curse of the law. Said, among these nations you will find no ease. No ease. Neither shall the sole of your foot have rest. But the Lord will give you a trembling heart. It's talking about the curse coming on you. And failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. Some folk would call this a nervous condition. It's amazing to me how many times people talk about nerves. Well, they got, I just, that's my nerves. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm having 
nerves. <laughs> well, I know you're laughing, but do you know how many people talk about this? And how big of a problem their nerves is? Well, listen to these translations. Quaking heart, shaking heart. How many of this would cover a lot of heart problems? Fearful, misgiving heart, anxious and unquiet mind. You can sure see this all through here. Sorrow of mind is translated faintness of soul, halting breath. So you can have panic attacks and have breathing problems. All goes together. Halting breath, failing appetite. Failing appetite, a heart eaten up with sorrow. Despondent, dismayed, languishing spirit. What is this describing? Anxiety attacks and depression, right? Should a child of God have anxiety attacks ever? You have to disobey the Bible to have them. So what do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, the Bible says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So if you're in perfect peace, you're not having anxiety attacks. If you're having anxiety attacks, did you have them keeping your mind stayed on the Lord? No, you did not. You've been meditating and talking the wrong thing for days or months. And you've meditated that fear and thought it and talked about it until it's got so strong in you, it's affecting your body. Fear will kill you. Do you know that? There's any number of people whose hearts have actually just stopped out of fear. There's cases where people's nasal passages and their esophagus and their breathing passageways have just closed down. They just constrict and choke to death and die. And it was nothing in the world but fear that killed them. Fear. Fear. Good news, though. (laughs) According to, help me out now, Deuteronomy 28, 65, quaking heart, shaking heart, anxious, unquiet mind, faintness of soul, halting breath, failing appetite, heart eaten up with sorrow, despondent, dismayed, languishing spirit is part of the curse of the law. Right? It's all part of the curse of the law. And the good news is that according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Should I have a shaking heart, quaking heart, failing spirit, nerves. (laughs) Now you're laughing, but do you know how many Christians are just incapacitated with this. And they might get mad at us for talking about this. But I didn't write this. Why get mad when you should shout? Because you've been set free. Who would want to keep that? People say, well, I have such and such a phobia. I have this a phobia and that a phobia. Another a phobia. I'm sorry. It's a clinical condition. Oh, clinical. 
Well, you just don't understand that, Brother Keith. I mean, don't make fun. Why? Well, you want us to reverence your disease. People do. They want us to go, oh, oh, now this is not your ordinary thing here. I mean, this is extra mojo bad here. This is. Right? People will get mad at you if you don't reverence their problem. Because they're not in faith in God. They have more faith in this thing to cripple them than they do in God to heal them. (laughs) When do you ever have to have anxiety attacks? Or quaking, shaking heart? Huh? Huh? Are nervous spells. When? You know the last time I had a nervous spell? Let me see. I don't remember having a nervous spell. (laughs) I go day after day and week after week and am just happy. And have peace. And sit in my chair and just... Thank God and be happy. And we hear some reports sometimes that are not good. But anything that's begin to try to shake me, I just remind myself that God is on the throne. He's seen it all before. He's heard it all before. And he is committed to keep what I've committed to him. Right? Until that day. Right? So what if you die? If the Lord tears is coming, we all going to die. <laughs> Didn't you know that? <laughs> I'm not afraid to die. You shouldn't be afraid to die. Hmm? Right? Yeah, but what if it kills you? What if it kills you? It could kill you, brother. <laughs> well, I doubt it. When it comes to things hurting me, I'm a doubter. Because I have faith in God to keep me. But if worst case scenario, if I missed it somehow, and I didn't receive, and something went wrong, and I died, well, whoop de doo <laughs> I step out of my body. And my angel is there. He says, hey, I go, hey, you're a big fella. <laughs> he said, uh, do you like to go the scenic route? Some neat stuff over in the Milky Way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Can we go fast? I want to go fast. <laughs> nothing. How much they have death for the Christian who knows God is nothing to fear. Nothing, nothing to fear. You quit breathing, you leave your body, you're out of here. You go to see Jesus. All your family that's already there. Check out your new mansion. Nothing to have an anxiety attack over. Right? Nervous spells are not for children of God. Anxiety attacks are not for the redeemed. Quaking, shaking hearts. None of these things. Somebody said out loud, I've been redeemed. I keep my mind on him. And he keeps me, he keeps me in perfect, perfect peace. peace. 
The 66 goes on with that. It all flows together. He said, your life will hang in doubt before you. And you will fear, there it is, day and night. And shall have none assurance of your life. I hope everybody's with me right now. Are you with me? Don't get irritated at me, please. This is your deliverance. You need to begin to get happy about this right now. Right? You're watching by internet. Don't get mad at me. I'm reading the Bible. (laughs) And we care about you. We don't want to see you shut up in your house. Scared to go outside. That's bondage. That's a curse. You've been redeemed. Right? Listen. This translation to verse 66 says, Your life will be a burden to you. Night and day you'll go in fear, uncertain of your life. You'll live in constant suspense. Filled with dread, night and day, never sure of your life. Are there people who live in constant suspense? What kind of life is that? Well, I'm scared I'll die, Brother Keith. Well, we've already been through that. What if you died? Jesus tarries is coming. You are going to die. How many people on the planet died today? A lot of them. Right? How many people died in the state of Missouri? A lot of people. You drive by cemeteries all the time. Those folk used to be alive. Like me and you. <laughs> On the planet. And now they're not. And the same thing had happened to them. Unless the Lord comes beforehand. will happen to you. Right? I don't like thinking about it. Brother. Well you need to think about it. Look at it. You're mortal. It's not a deal. Doesn't mean you stop being. You just leave this place. Death for the Christian is nothing to fear. It's nothing to fear. Let me read the rest of this. Verse 67. In the morning you'll say, I wish it was evening. In the evening you'll say, would God it was morning. Now that's a sad way. Now this is talking about people of God living like this. Why? Because of being hard-headed and rebellious. Oh, I wish the day was over. I wish it'd hurry up and get dark. Oh, I wish the sun would hurry up and come up. (laughs) Why? Why? Because they're not enjoying their life. Their life is in suspense. For the fear of your heart wherewith you shall fear and the sight of your eyes which you shall see. Say it out loud. Living in suspense. Living in fear. fear. Trembling heart. heart. Sorrow of mind. mind. Finding no ease. ease. According to Deuteronomy 28, 65, 66, 67, it's part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed. From failing of eyes, sorrow of heart, quaking, shaking heart, fearful mind, living in suspense, nervous, anxiety attacks. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. 
I've been redeemed. And I'm not afraid to die. I'm saved. I know what happens when I die. I am not afraid to die. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid to die. I know I'm going to die if the Lord tears is coming. As soon as I get through, I'm ready to get out of here. Miss Evelyn Roberts, you know, just went home to be with the Lord. I think they're doing pretty good. I found out privily that she'd been telling them she's ready. She was ready now. (laughs) And she went. And that's what we have to look forward to. And the devil wants you to build up death as some morbid, dark, the end. And they dig a hole. And they put you in a box. And they put you in the cold, cold ground. And they throw the dirt on the box. Ooh. Honey, you will not be there. You will not be there. You will be long gone. You will be out of here. Out of here. You will be in the ground. They put him in the ground. They put their old wore out house in the ground. And it won't be long. They're going to come by and pick it up. And Jesus is going to fix it. You do not have to have a body to live and exist. Now you have to have a body to live here on the planet. But you don't have to have a body to exist. God's a spirit. He's very much alive. You and I are spirits. (laughs) Are you with me? I know I'm taking some time with this. But do you understand how the devil tries to play with people's minds about being morbid about death and you know it bothers me that you see some of our youth so infatuated with death and they think it's cool and it's ignorant it's like unsaved people would act right we are the children of light and life not darkness and death right We're not confused about death. We know what happens when we die. To depart and be with Christ is far better. Better what? Better than being here. Far better. Far better. Glory to God. So why should I fear? Why should I tremble when somebody gives me a bad report? You know? But how many understand you're not ready to live till you're ready to die? You're not ready to face stuff in life till you are ready to face death. And when you're ready to face death, you are fearless. (laughs) You can handle anything. You can deal with anything. Say it out loud or strong one more time. I am not afraid to die. I have no fear of death. I know my God. And to depart and be with Christ is far better than being here. Stand on your feet.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.